to go. <laughs> Hi, Jack. It's nice to do this face to face, isn't it? Why you say it like that? Because we've been doing zooms. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, haven't we? I've missed that. Um, yes, no, yeah, no, it's good. It's good to do one in person. Yeah. Um, it's been a little bit of a break, hasn't it? Um, Were we on a break? Yeah, well, I think it's because you got COVID again. Yeah. Is it like the Ross and Rachel thing? We were on a break. <laughs> I've been podcasting with other people, but we were on a break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's absolutely nothing like that. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, I think it's definitely just because you got COVID and then I fucked off for like a month and a half. Doing the things you do. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were going to have a break anyway, weren't we? Yeah, but, I think that was the plan, wasn't it? But now we've got Zooms. We. That's good. I, I think that's good to add Zooms in because now we can go yeah. further afield with the... Yeah, of course you can. We've got an exciting podcast today. Who have we got on? Ian and Jill, I think. I'm terrible. Wait, stop I told, saying I think. I went for a coffee with him the other day and I said to him, I'll have to ask you your name a hundred times because I'm terrible with them. And he said, okay, Dave. <laughs> no, <he doesn't> really. <laughs> right. I I got asked recently to do a mental health speech, didn't I, for some businesses. There was different businesses yep. there. And who asked you? Um, um, uh, there was just loads of different businesses come there. I got a message on Facebook and asked From. if I could appear. I can't remember everyone's names. <laughs> there was a few people that that I've been I've been invited to different events recently. Okay, and I've been doing speeches. I can't keep up with who I've got it all written down in a diary, Jack. I didn't know you were going to ask me questions, right? But I went to this is an interview. Say, um, at, at Andy Proctor was there, um, who's done podcasts <laughs> with. Uh, Verzo in the past who's yep. do, who done this at the beginning with me yep. they've got a podcast together he was there and he was brilliant by the way um, really settled my nerves before I went on because it is a bit daunting to speak I thought there was going to be a couple of people there there was like 40 odd people there yeah but, um, well, you were just and, talking about you weren't you so. and, and Suffolk Mind well no not just me just like mental health and the cold water therapy and just yeah. every, everything that's that's helped me out and hopefully it can help some other people out yeah but it was an honour to be asked. But that was at the nutshell where we're going to go in a minute to go and okay. do the podcast. And the owner there done a little speech himself at the end and just explained a little bit about why they've ended up in Felixstowe. Right. And they had, and this might be wrong again, but they had a business in Sporting maybe, I'm not sure. It might be, he'll tell you more. But they had a okay. business. Um, him and his wife met, decided they loved bakery wanted to run their own business, had a successful business, and there was that massive fire recently, weren't there? Yes. That was, his, yeah. that was his business that burnt to the ground. He had 19 staff working for him. Yeah. And um, he, he sat down and got them all, all his staff new jobs and everything, but a couple of them have come and worked for him here, mm -hmm. which speaks volumes for what, that, how they yeah. are as people, I think. But Definitely. the way he spoke, it really stood out to me, and as soon as we were done with the chat, I, I nabbed him and said, you'd be ideal for the podcast and he was he was up for it so I went and met him the other day yeah confirmed some dates rung you made sure you were free and yeah and that's where we're at now but well, we're not there yet are we but no but that's where we're we're at now <laughs> but not now <laughs> it's like the twilight zone <laughs> so how are you anyway very good mate yeah yeah are you very sure good. yeah I had long covid well You've still got long COVID. Well, I don't know if I have. I don't know. Christ. Like, as you know, I'm a hypochondriac. 
No. <laughs> really? I, it, my, my mind likes to play tricks on me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's real and what's not. Let me give you an example of my... <laughs> and I think I've told you this story before. Probably. This is how my brain works as a hypochondriac. And it is a funny story, but it is serious as well. <laughs> right, my mate, I was talking to him in town once and the, and the girl went past and I clearly went on mention any names but he went oh don't go near her she gave me a sexy transmitted disease i've already been near her <laughs> so so i got home and that night all of a sudden i developed symptoms where i had a burning sensation right? <laughs> now i couldn't get into a, into the clinic for weeks i was bringing them and couldn't get hold of them took me ages to get in there and every single night i had a burning sensation down below right and I waited in this in this thing. I've told you about this, haven't I? I waited there. And I, I got a ticket come out of the machine and it said 98. And I was sat there for ages and it was going one, two, three. Got to 96, 97. And then they went to 99. <laughs> they skipped me. And I went up and they said, it doesn't go in order. And I thought, well, it has been. Yeah. I was there for ages anyway. And then when it threw me, it was a woman nurse. <laughs> and I went in and there was a little, like like a like a metal tray thing and it had loads of tools on it she only used ones i don't know why there was loads of them but it threw me it freaked me out and she sat at her computer and she said drop your cacks and sit down there so i did and for some reason and to this day i have no idea why but there was leg stirrups there (laughs) and i put my legs in the stirrups (laughs) and she turned around and the look on her face i clearly realized i've made a mistake (laughs) Yes. my left leg got caught in the stirrup I was getting out of bed I was trying to yank the bed was moving it was a nightmare she was laughing very unprofessional uh, it was just a nightmare day and then after that I had to go into a room there was two little old ladies waiting there and they said go and pee in this bottle and I can't go under pressure so I had to come out with an empty bottle I was running the tap I could hear them saying like, he's been in there a while they went and sat me back down in the room where I waited for ages with water and that it was a nightmare Anyway, this point of the story, <laughs> I'll come, it come back and I had the all clear, yeah. and all my symptoms went away. But that's what my mind does to me; it plays tricks on me. <laughs> oh, um, genuinely, it makes me so happy that you were, you've shared that with all of our listeners, <laughs> that you've put that into, out into the world. So that's, um, that's I've fantastic. got no filter. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, the only way I can really relate to that is. That, is just with when I had my um, initial sort of health anxiety around my heart and um, finding out all of that and um, I think I initially I'd feel like little twinges or little things or like a tightness in my chest and immediately I'd just think oh this is it I'm going to die yeah, I'm going to drop down dead it, and I'm, yeah. I'm having a cardiac arrest but yeah. it wasn't it's just it's naturally you yeah. yeah, you have moments you like pull a muscle, or you can yeah. that kind of feel like you know. And the, that, that's what I always used to think at school was having a heart attack, and it was anxiety not in my chest. I know that yeah. now it's in fight or flight. But at the time, I didn't know it. Now I have a doctor saying, and I felt rough since I've had COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt I felt rotten, and in the mornings in particular, and then I spoke to you a couple of times in the evening, and I've been out of breath when I've been walking back from work. Mm-hmm. Um, been all right when I've been at work and everything. The doctor said it was long COVID, but I wanted more reassurance and that went to the doctors or had loads of tests done um heart monitored uh, blood tests done then they took sent me up to Ipswich to get a heart x-ray that's all come back all, all clear 
Oh, they want me to wear a heart monitor at work for uh, 24 for twenty four hours just yeah. to check everything. It's all right with that. But I put post up and I, and and I wanted to leave by example. That was the point in the post, and it did worry a few people, which wasn't the intention. The intention of the post was to, to say, look, I am struggling a little bit with my mental health at the minute. Cause I'm going to have to go in the water, but I just wanted to leave by example because mm-hmm. I can't preach to everyone else to share what's going on with them and not do it myself. So I mean, oh, so that was yeah, the, the attempt yeah, of the post. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm so glad I did share that because yeah. I, I, so many different people that I don't even know messaged me and yeah. sent me voice notes and stuff about trying things. And the majority of stuff that stood out was breath work mm. and a um, acupuncture mat. I bought the acupuncture mat and I've been doing breath work on that. And since doing that, day and night, when I first wake up in the morning and when I go to bed I've noticed a massive improvement in in my breathing especially Good. yeah so yeah I, I generally generally believe that the human body is an incredible thing and why there is all these viruses and stuff out there yeah. I think there is natural ways that we, we can cure ourselves yeah, with, so. with anything I think yeah that's my belief anyway yeah well I'm, I'm glad you've kind of got yourself into a bit of a better state mate and um, yeah the whole long COVID thing is really yeah. yeah, it's, diff- it's um, difficult. It, it, it's, it's tough times for some people, and yeah, you know, I know a few people, and um, I'm going to get Reese on as well to talk about it as yeah. well. He's, um, he's he's had it for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, um, and that, that is, that's an ongoing thing, really. There's still a lot of people. I just sort of had my first day back at my um, regular place of work today, and um, still got people off with COVID and people who are struggling. And, it's tough mate it's perhaps tough. you can set up a chat before the podcast and and I can give him some advice on what's worked for me so yeah, so yeah exactly yeah but, um, but yeah no I'm, I'm glad it's all, all yeah I started back with the cold water as well because yeah. with anything as well so I think it's an important thing the doctor told me not to do it um, but at the same time he doesn't know my brain and he doesn't know my body and I have to I, with anything I do now I draw a line down the paper and put the benefits and the non-benefits mm-hmm. on each side and whatever what outweighs the other one is what I go with these days yeah. and, and my mental health was being affected massively by not being able to do showers and cold water and it just all this has done is proven to me how effective cold water therapy is as a tool because my head was going again do you know what I mean and yeah. since I got into the cold water yeah I mean yeah to be honest with you I mean I, I went in early this morning and um I hadn't done one. I did. I did one before I went back for my last week. But um, I got down there this morning early, and um, I, that was that was really difficult actually. When I first got there, I didn't want to get in. Yeah. And I stood there for a good sort of three four minutes, just looking out to sea and watching the sun come up, and yeah. that was lovely. But there was something inside me going, "Don't get in. It's yeah. too cold. It's yeah. too cold. It's a bit windy. Don't get in." Don't I bet you didn't regret it once you did. That, oh, didn't. mate! Honestly, <laughs> never five, regretted it. <laughs> five minutes into being in there, I was I was singing in yeah. the bloody water. That was how literally it completely changed my whole. Yeah, it's unbelievable. You know, and I, I I stood there and there was I felt a little bit low and a little bit like I was like, oh, first day back and got a lot of catch up and stuff mm. to do and. And then I was oh yeah I can't really be bothered to get in I'll, I'll just I'll just go to work early and you know to start catching up and then I thought no bollocks so I'm here now yeah and then literally I just you know I slid my hoodie off took my hat off and I just went straight in yeah. and I, ironically they're the days you need it the most yeah when they you, are when you don't yeah, want to do it yeah yeah they are Fucking and you're right. only when you do something and push past 
your limits of doing something when you don't want to. Yeah. That's what, even with cold shower something, you hesitate to put it on, but <laughs> you, you do. do it. Yeah. The only the only thing is uh, that's going to come out of that is discipline and yeah. and, and growth. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Hundred percent, mate. Yes. Well, I'm um, proud of you for going in today, even though you didn't want to. Yeah. Because the outcome is always the same. Always so, the same. There is days, like we said before, where you don't want to get in the water. Yeah. But, and I, but I there's a, days. There's never been one day where I've regretted going yeah, in. And I had a good day back. It's really good today. Exactly, really, yeah. really productive. Um, caught up with loads of people that I ain't seen for like a month, and yeah. that was that was brilliant. That was really, really good. Right, we better go anyway because they're waiting for us. Oh. Yeah. Just, 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 sorry, mate. Yeah, just Enough about you. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, like and subscribe, dare to talk uh, on YouTube and Spotify. Um, big thank you to my friend Nancy who made a little logo for us recently, and we've started putting that on the new videos and stuff like that. Um, like and subscribe. I'm Jackie Boy Shep on Instagram. Sam is. Uh, Jesus yeah. Christ useless uh, underscore two underscore dip <laughs> Sam is on Instagram find him um, dare, to, uh, dare to dip on Facebook please ask to join the group fantastic community um, and check out all of our previous episodes including the amazing Hermit of Trake yeah. which was super duper um, right, come on then let's go <laughs> And for the next hour, he showed me how to roast coffee, everything they did. I mean, he literally, and then we sat in the room and he made coffee for us. I've yeah. never drunk so much coffee in my life. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll have that one. I'll have that yeah, one. Yeah. And then we had to go and do it again, because I did that on my own back. Yeah. And then um, Jill came with us and everything. We did the same again. Mm. And eventually we chose this, mm. this blend, and we got that. Yeah. We've uh, had it ever since. It's beautiful. Nice. Yeah, so but the funniest story of all was when we first started in Clayton. We opened up and we did like an invite for 40 people just because we'd never done it before. We not clue what we were doing really. Did an invite thing. So we invited 40 of our friends and said, come round, we'll do all the nibbles. Yeah, and we'll get your coffees and things like that. So generally, the MD, fresh pack, he said, I'll come and do it. Don't you worry about drinks. If you just concentrate on the food and I'll come down and do the machine. And he did. It was brilliant. So cappuccino, mocha, mm -hmm. everything else. It was just bam, bam, bam. It was a drink. Following morning, we opened up to the public. Yeah. First person came in. Said, Two cappuccinos and a latte, please. And I looked at Joe. Any ideas? Because <laughs> he'd done all the coffee, yeah. didn't he? We, didn't, we yeah. never even looked at what he did. Yeah. We literally taught ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Winging it. Always doing it my whole life. Winging it. Uh, I'm Sam. I'm Jack. This is Dare to Talk. And today we've got Ian. We're in the nutshell in Felixstowe. And I must say, I'm sipping on the best coffee in Felixstowe. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Nutshells by the sea. Yeah, yeah nutshells by the sea. Yeah. Yeah. And your lovely wife Jill just made this. She did. Yeah. It's, um, it's fantastic. I'm going to have to come back here. It's, um, yeah, it's really lovely. Lovely little place you've got. You don't have to book because we've stopped taking bookings. <laughs> yeah. we generally are pretty full. Now. Yeah. yeah. Um, we found that by like, taking bookings, reserving tables, people wouldn't turn up at the right time. Right, yeah. So yeah, you don't need to if business is as booming no. as what it was when I come in and saw you the other day. And they I must cute. say as well, <laughs> when I come and done that talk down here, you you put some food out and it was absolutely delicious. So, Thank you. Yeah, so Thank come you. and check it out. Um, I asked you to come on because I said briefly when we spoke in the, in the intro that I met you for the first time when I'd done that, yeah. that talk here. 
Um, you, you said a few words at the end and just, just the way you, you spoke and told your story then, it was really inspiring for me and I thought some of our, our listeners could get something from it. Okay. Uh, I spoke briefly about what's happened, so if you just want to start with your story from, from the beginning, what, what happened, what happened with the fire at yeah, your yeah. place and then where you're at now, and we'll just let you take the, take the mic. Tell, <laughs> tell me when I speak to you, once yeah. I get in the flow, anything could happen. But yeah, Jill and I met in, oh, eight years ago now, and, um, and we were doing separate careers. Uh, Jill was a teacher and I was in printing, and um, we sort of got together and we got engaged and then we got married in 2016. And just before that, we decided that we actually wanted to give up our careers and do something which is different, which is ourselves. And the only thing that we could find in common was food and drink. Um, so we decided that we'd open up a cafe and just digressing slightly. We're typical us, I suppose. We went on a holiday to the west coast of Scotland. And, um, and we thought, well, we'll do it up here. This looks a decent place to start. <laughs> So we went into one of the outer Hebridean islands and, um, and there's no cafes there on a Sunday open and we had to arrive on a Sunday and we found one that was open, but it was a little tea room and they did their own cakes and sandwiches and everything of their own and we thought, this would be great, we'll do this. And it was driving rain, it was as it always is out there and we thought, yeah, we could do this, it'd be lovely. So we came back and on the on the plane on the way back we said well hang on a minute we know nothing about coffee we know nothing about <laughs> being together working together yeah. we know nothing about the west coast of scotland um should we do it at home first and give it a go yeah. so we then went round and we found a place in Claydon, the community center mm -hmm. and we asked them if they would let us just open a cafe during the day because nothing was happening and living in Claydon as we were in our bar room next door mm -hmm. Um, there was no, the community centre was great in the evenings, but there was no community the other day. And we thought, let's ask them if we can open a cafe in there and just get people to use the facilities mm -hmm. and to get together. Because there was no meeting place, even in Claydon now, there's no meeting places. So, so we, decided, we decided we'd approach them. They said, yeah, okay, why not? And, um, and that's how the journey started. So we've got a long story short, but I mean, that was pretty successful in terms of the way we built that up. Um, we were very lucky because we we're right next to two schools. Um, and our, our kids were at the two schools. <laughs> so guess what? We had all the school kids, we had yeah, all the teachers, we had yeah. everybody coming to us. And that gave us a really good market. Yeah. Um, so we built that up from nothing. Within a year, we had with queues all day you know just more and more tables yeah but people were the great thing about it was people were mixing and mingling and just talking to everybody mm -hmm. and that made us very much i think aware of what we could have what we could do um that all went a little bit sour because they decided that they would double the rent because no. we were so successful okay. successful yeah so <laughs> we then had to say right okay sorry we don't play games mm -hmm. look we're just here for the community and yeah. we were charging like one pound 50 a coffee or something like that yeah. we weren't making any money yeah. but it was just we were learning our trade mm. and the place turned up in sprawl um, which had 19 seats so about the size of a quarter of this really yeah. and uh, so we took it and, um, and, and that was downstairs so it was in the basement 
So people had to really go and find us in the building. I mean, right. Sproughton's difficult enough to find without having to go downstairs yeah. when you get to the place. And um, we developed that as well until we had permanent queues. I mean, literally permanent queues. And we kept asking ourselves, what is it? You know, what, why are we so successful? And, and, and we weren't like making lots of money, it was more that we were just getting people to meet us and greet us. And I think really it became fairly obvious that they were coming to talk to Jill and I because we like talking and listening. And it is about listening as well, isn't it? Um, so anyway, we built that up. And then one day the dishwasher packed up. We had a dishwasher in the kitchen. The kitchen not much bigger than this table when it's extended. But the dish, we had a dishwasher in there and it packed up. And one of our customers said, you want to go over to Stow Upland? There's a place there that's closing down and they're selling everything. They don't have a dishwasher. So I literally got in the car and drove to Stow Upland there and then. And uh, I was greeted with a full car park, big car park, full car park, massive place. And, um, and they, were cl- they literally closed down. They were selling off everything in there. Everything. And there were so many people there. It was unbelievable. Mm. So the fact that I got in the car mm. and gone was... Fortunate, yeah, yeah. and uh, and I went in, and so many people I couldn't didn't know who to talk to. Eventually, found the right person. I said, "Look, what's going on? You know, what, why does I'd like to buy a dishwasher if you've got one? She said, yeah, it's still there. It's marked up with a price. Go and have a look at it." And um, and I said, "Yeah, but what's happening? So many people here selling everything. Are you not giving? You know, why are you giving up?" So we had a chat. She said. Um, she said, well, it's a bit of a family problem, family issue, with being a breakup and everything else, and we just can't get anybody else to take the place, so we, we're packing up. I said, do me a favour, close the door. So we'd love to have a place like this, because we had like this little place in sport, 19, 19 seats, or about 30 by then. And, um, and I said, we'd, like, we'd love it. And she said, serious? I said, yeah, close the door, get rid of everybody and we'll buy what's in here, but then we'll have to come to some agreement about the building and everything else. And within a few hours, I'd, I'd had a little chat and then I had to go back and tell Jill the bad news that I'd got a dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> we've also got a new place. Yeah. <laughs> So, it, again, cut in the long story short, we took over the Stella Club and there was 40 covers in there, which is nice, I mean, just ideal for us. There was a market we didn't know, it's an area we didn't know, and we just literally took four, well, we were really lucky because all our staff said, and we did have quite a few staff to deal with in Sporting, uh, all our staff said, well, we'll come. So we literally got into two cars and drove them over there and had a look at the place. And yeah. said, oh, yeah, we love it. And do you know what? They came up with the ideas. And we've had this conversation before, haven't we? Yeah. But suddenly, if you get empower people and just say, look, we'll listen, just do it. Um, and, and they came up with a lot of really good ideas. And we had so many people there and just helping us just do the whole thing. So, we had a running concern anyway, you know, because what was left was still okay. But then we stamped our mark on it with the help of all that stuff. Mm. And every, every one of the, I think anybody left. I think literally the whole staff just moved over there with us. So they were driving from, great. you know, that side yeah. of Ipswich or Sport and or wherever. Clayton. I think that speaks volumes. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, totally. And I, I like the, um, 
I like the idea of empowering the staff and they come up with the ideas as that's something I really I'm manager in my place of work and okay. um, I, I really try my best to try and empower them so I want them to be coming up with the ideas then. Yeah, yeah. and when they do come to me and they present something back at the hill and just um, yeah. we'll figure it out and make it make it workable within the environment yeah, yeah. that we're in you know yeah. um, I, I think that's so important because I, I think they get that yeah. uh, get that, that sense of you know, they're appreciated and yeah. they've got a voice and an input and, yeah. um, and that's what people want isn't it totally as long as you, you've yeah. got to acknowledge them as yeah. well because it's so easy to pinch the right ears yeah. isn't it? you know yeah. if you acknowledge them and they'll go with you yeah. and they develop the business faster than any individual yeah. can yeah. 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 yeah I mean we're lucky because Jill and I do a lot of things we bounce it's 24-7 with us we bounce things off each other all the time yeah. Um, yeah. but you know if you've got eight people or ten people doing it, it's even faster. Yeah. Um, and stuff ups and grew really quick. I mean, when we went in, there was this like conservatory with 40, 40 seats in it um, and a big kitchen and that was it, you know, and they'd had freezers and fridges and they did lots, of, it was like a farm shop before. And we didn't want a farm shop because we don't know a great deal about farming. So, um, so we developed it and we stamped our own bit and every day people would come in and we'd be doing something different. Mm -hmm. It literally was there. Um, and then I suppose we were there, well, I don't know, 12, 15 months and we got regular customers coming in every day. And literally, because there was nowhere else. And if, you know, if you got stove up and now, it was still the same. There's a fish and chip shop, there's a butcher's and there's a co-op garage and store. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Yeah. And there was us, so we we became very much a destination point for the village and a meeting point again. And I think that came over, and we thought, oh, let's just respond, let's just give them somewhere to go to. Mm. And as it happened, they're building a lot of houses between the old village and where we were, mm -hmm. and that was progressing as well. So as well as the builders and the joiners and the plumbers and the electricians and everybody else that came in, people were actually moving into those houses, and we became like you know, a place for them. Mm -hmm. Then COVID happened and for three months everybody in the hospitality industry closed down, we had yeah. to. And then we thought, we're not going to close, we're going to, as soon as we got a chance to, we could open as a takeaway and that's how it worked. Mm -hmm. And then we started to deliver to people because there's a lot of older people in the village who yeah. didn't yeah. dare come yeah. out, you yeah. know. And we, because we, we'd talk to them and listen to what their stories were. And when it came to COVID, we had and we reopened, we had a lot of names, addresses and telephone numbers of customers mm. and emails as well, I suppose. And we just contacted them and said, anything we can do. And, um, and they responded in a way that you'd never believe. It's hard you know. to see why you've been so successful wherever you've been. <laughs> 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 it sounds like you've really built a heart of a community there. Yeah, it's about yeah. it. Yeah, and they were, I mean, funny story, I suppose. Well, there's, there's loads of little funny stories because with the older brigade, you tend to get some lovely stories, you mm -hmm. know. But we had this couple who were 93 and 94, I think. And they used to, they lived in the village, but they used to drive. And one would drive there, and the other one would drive back. And they were both still driving, even in the mid-90s. Mm -hmm. And even now, we were, well, we're in touch with one now, one sadly passed away, but... But um, it, it's amazing that relationship and rapport. And then when we'd finished, we'd drop off some sandwiches or whatever on the way home. You know, it was no, it was easy for us really. We were doing it anyway. But there was lots of things like that. And we'd a guy in on Tuesday here. Um, Tuesday four o'clock he came in, and we'd already closed. 
but we knew him. And his dad had been one of the, again, passed away during COVID, but he'd been one of our first customers in Stowell. Oh, really? Yeah, and he used to come in like, um, you know, last of the summer wine, and the three of them, and yeah. they'd come in. And they're all in their 80s and 90s, but they absolutely adored coming in on a Saturday morning. Mm. But they'd entertain us. You know, it was brilliant listening yeah. to some of the yeah. stories and stuff like that. But anyway, so um, so we developed it really. We we sort of well, we had 130 seats, in the end, so we trebled the size of it, mm. and we built a massive food retail area so that people wanted their biscuits or their stuff because they didn't advertise, you know, all the the chutneys and jams and pickles mm. and and everything flour because flour in COVID was impossible yeah. to get. Yeah. And guess what? We had shelves of it. Yeah. Yeah. So people came in and they supported us that way. First of all, it was takeaways. And then, obviously, then when we were allowed to have them sat down with spaces and gaps and everything yeah. else, social distancing, we did that as well because we just kept changing it mm -hmm. and responded. And, you know, people going for lots of walks because there was nothing else yeah. for them to yeah. do. They could walk in ones and then twos yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, buttons and they all came in and found us. And we were like, half a mile, three quarters of a mile out of the village. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Go and grab a couple of take yeah. wake up and off you go again. Maybe some cakes yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So this all went on in COVID and um, we became very successful really. And um, then we changed lots more. We put a giftware barn in as well as a food retail. So we were quite a big operation, mm -hmm. 5,000 square foot, so it's huge. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that was a success. But then January 29th, um, it all went horribly wrong um, and um, it was a Saturday morning and the wind was about twice as gusty as it is tonight and right. I mean it's pretty gusty out there it anyway. Is, yeah. um, there was no rain, it was just the wind and, um, and the fire, I, I mean I could go into all the detail but the fire started outside the building but the direction of the wind took it in to the corner of our building. Jill and I were in the kitchen because we were always getting there early in the morning, seven o'clock, whatever. We didn't open till 10. And, um, and we were in the kitchen baking and getting ready and everything else. And we didn't, we were oblivious to anything going on outside. There was nothing that we'd done, nothing that anybody else had done for that matter. And then Jill went to do a bit of a recce before we opened up at 10 o'clock, because we used to go around about quarter to 10, put lights on, things like that. She went, the smoke. And, um, and then she went to the door to have a look outside the front door, which was probably 50 metres from where we'd been in the kitchen, a long way. And uh, she said, we got a problem there, there's a fire, fire. And of course, this would have been about 10 to 10. Um, and, um, and she came screaming and she said, no, this is serious, I need to get outside and have a look. So we locked ourselves in, yeah. inevitably. We both ran to the door and we couldn't get out because the keys were back in the kitchen. So we ran back into the kitchen, got the keys, went outside. And outside the building, the fire had developed and it had gone up the telegraph pole. And there were people just then starting to arrive, customers, staff. Um, all just turning up in the car park and everyone's seen the same thing so virtually everyone was on the phone to fight again um, and from nothing we, we've heard since that 
lots of stories about at quarter to ten there was no sign of it, or twenty to ten there was no sign of a fire or anything. It was some old ashes that got sparked from the wind mm. underneath and took it up in a freak accident and it took out the corner, well it took out a telegraph pole and then somehow quickly spread to the building. Um, seven minutes past ten the first fire engine arrived from Stonework yeah. yeah. and they were obviously concerned and we'd done all sorts of things. We'd gone inside. I tried to put it out with the fire extinguisher. Jill had got the fire extinguishers out from the inside of the building. We had loads of those. We're trying to put it out outside. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I said, well, crumbs all the power's on. I need to go turn the power off because it's now catching the corner of the building. If anything happens, we, you know, anything could happen. Yeah. So we ran back in, turned all the power, well, not the power, we turned all the machines off because it was lots of ovens and things like that going were quite a big concern and went to the we had two power sources went to one to try and turn them off and the smoke inside the building then started to spread Um, so (laughs) went outside and grabbed another fire extinguisher ran back inside put that out on the inside of the building because you were just literally hitting whatever was there in front of you then we realised it had already spread into the side of our building from outside um, so on one of the journeys outside, the people in the car park said, you're not going back in. You, we can see from out here, it's a lot worse than you think it is. Um, and then the fire brigade arrived, and they were only concerned about anybody being in there. Well, fortunately, Jill and I were the only two, and by then we were into the car park, and I was coughing and sputtering from all the smoke, mm-hmm. but, you know, we managed it, we were in the car park. Um, and they said, right, nobody else goes in, you're in charge, you tell us where everything is, we will fight the fire, we'll sort it out. And then two more arrived in a few minutes. Um, I and Ipswich, I think, were the second one to get there. Yeah. But the fire just took hold. And within 15, 20 minutes, maybe by half past 10, it had taken out a lot of the building, even then. We had 29 fire crews. 29, there's only 35 in the whole of Suffolk. And we unfortunately had to stand and watch it because. Well, that must have been horrific. Well, yeah. there must, was there. Was there the tears. Was, it, was you panicking? Was you, was you shell shocked? Shock? Yeah. 100% shock. Um, I mean, you're watching everything you've ever worked yeah, for, and that's yeah. why that first part of the story is so important. Yeah. How you developed it and built it. Yeah. and it's not a financial thing, it's an emotional thing, yeah. uh, as much as anything else. And then I think what made it worse, we had all, a lot of our staff, I think there was seven or eight of them were in the car park, and they were feeling it for us, and we were feeling it for them. Yeah. Customers were still arriving, because to all intents and purposes, we were open, you know. Yeah. Um, lovely story, because I was, as always, you can't see from there, but sure. Uh, shorts and t-shirt because that's my uniform yeah. and when you're in the kitchen that's mm-hmm. what you wear yeah. in January 29th it's quite cold 50 mile an hour gale and I'm stood in the car park in the shot and everything we've ever worked for burned down yeah. and the fire guys are saying you need to stay there I'm really sorry because we will give you a 15 minute by 15 minute report of what's mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. but we will want feedback from you as to where the doors are what our plan is so I'm going to draw a schematic plan of the building any gas canisters, things like that, and so many questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and and obviously we had a lot of the power for the village came through us, yeah. and that was all switched off very, very quickly. Um, 
I mean, I have to say the fire brigade were immense, unbelievable. Yeah. But also, staff were immense, their parents were immense, their customers were fantastic. One guy said to me, he said, you must be cold. I said, yeah, but I'm cold, but it's like a hot fire just there, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, and he went off, without saying anything, he went off to Tesco and he bought me a jumper and a scarf and some gloves and a hat to... And you have little acts of that, kindness through tragedy you're oh, amazing. Aren't amazing. Yeah. We had to stand there all day. Um, yeah. and, um, and the fire brigade were immense, tremendous. And then, of course, the investigations start by 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. We had um, 100 firefighters in that building. Most of them were running in, in the oxygen mass and coming out 15 minutes and then going back in again. I mean, they're so brave. I mean, immense. Yeah. And trying to say that. The other thing was a farmhouse right behind us, and they were trying to stop the farmhouse because if it hit yeah. the farmhouse, yeah, there were then livestock were actually in the barns next to there. So it was a could have been a bigger tragedy mm -hmm. than even it was. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, just purely as it turned out, the investigation was it was freak circumstances, purely the direction of the wind. And do you know what we had to go? I think we left about six ish, something like that. They said, Look, it's gone. You, you know, they're, they're being able to bulldoze it and flatten the whole place. Yeah. Um, but there were still hot spots coming up everywhere. One lovely story, because they asked us to go there and just to have a look with them before we left. Just to, I don't know, there was some sort of communication about what could have been there, what could have been there, etc. And the investigation was starting, to be fair, the chief officer was there as well. And um, one of the Newmarket fire guys who'd been there, I think he's about seventh to arrive, and they were so quick. And uh, he was still there, and he said, come on, I'll take you around. Because he tried to find Jill's handbag. Jill, obviously all our personal possessions were inside mm -hmm. as well. And, um, and Jill had lost her handbag, and he'd actually gone in, smashing doors down, trying to find it, because we'd shown him where on a map it was. And he came and he said, I really couldn't. He said, you can go in there with me now. He said, but watch the hot spots. I'll fight the hot spots. If you see any flames, you know what it is. And the place was an absolute wreck. And pictures, there's loads of pictures about it. That must have been heartbreaking to see it like that. Frightening. Yeah. Frightening. But it was that far from the house. Yeah. So had it, they not been there, had they not done what they did, it would have been the house, it would have been the farm, the yeah. pigs and ducks and everything else in there. It would have been a, a massive tragedy. Yeah. Um, as it was, and they were lost to life, we can stomach everything else, emotion and all that. It's yeah. difficult. Yeah. Um, but had it been 8 o'clock the following morning, nothing would have happened, because all the wind had gone. Yeah. And it was the 50 miles, 60 mile an hour, and whatever it was, going straight through the building at the wrong angle that had created what happened. Yeah. The five guys were fantastic and they hung around with us for 24, 72 hours, I guess, till about Monday, Tuesday, really just talking to us and yeah. supporting us, really. Um, should mention the Salvation Army who turned up to support the fire fighters yeah. during the day and us, yeah. you know, because it's great to have some soup and something, yeah. you know, that was a bit yeah. warm. Um, but we realised we'd lost everything, we bulldozed it, not the front down. But the, sorry, come back to Newmarket story, which I've gone away from you. We were going round. And he said, there ain't anything left. He said, but if you can find a handbag under there, you know, there might be some keys you can use. Um, so we went in, inside the wreckage, and uh, there was a little uh, hedgehog eating an apple 
<laughs> like a giftware thing that we've sold. He said, that's all there is. That's it. So everything, that's all there was left, really. Half a sign and a few. Even, even like the ovens, which were massive, had melted. It was that hot. That's scary, really. It is scary. Yeah, it shows you how, how intense them flames were. And thank God you both got, got out and you, you did. And yeah. If, if you can take the positives from any negatives, and then, then yeah. that's definitely a massive one that no mm. one was hurt. But it must have been m mentally draining for a. For that must, have you recovered fully from that? We have now. Yeah. I think. How um, long did that take? The, the first week was horrendous because yeah. I mean obviously there was all the press stuff, there was all the radio stuff. Yeah. Um, and can I just make an important yeah. point as well? You were saying about COVID and having yeah, to yeah. adapt to all that. That was stressful enough for any business going through just mm. that. Mm. So you, when you finally see the light at the end of the tunnel, for that to happen as well, down, yeah. on top of the right, so last couple of years mm. we've had, that must have been another kick to your mental health like massively because I'm not saying you struggled through but everyone I, I think struggled to some extent through COVID. Yeah, absolutely. We invested. Mm. We we saw COVID because of where we were and the village expanding, yeah. loads and loads of new houses going in. We actually saw it as a major opportunity for us. Mm. We had the family involved as well so two of the kids were actually working with us. So we've become a very much a family concern. Yeah. And so instead of, we took it as an opportunity to invest mm. and develop and, and create more for the community and obviously for us. I mean, there was something yeah. in it for us as well. But, um, but because we were a family doing it, it became our total focus. So when COVID finished, we went, wow, we've done it. We, yeah. We've not just got through, um, and, and there was never that like magic day, was there? It just no, developed yeah, yeah, and evolved. Yeah. We've not just got through, but we've got a stronger, better offering than we've ever had. We've developed with 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 the gaps really, yeah. and uh, so we were in a really strong position. Yeah. And then within what three months, we had nothing. I mean, literally, yeah. ashes. Um, mentally, if it hadn't been for support for ourselves, I mean, we were. Obviously, we're very strong people. Mm. We have to be. Yeah. We're probably a lot stronger now, yeah. and we're probably stronger yeah. than we thought we were. Yeah, if you, you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, Jill said straight away. We were stood in the car park. I think somebody said, "Is that it? Is that finished?" I think it might be Alex, the eldest. And um, and we said, "No, no, no. We can't just walk away from this. We'll rebuild it. Do it again." Yeah. And it was that that. I think it was all good words at the time, if you know yeah, what yeah. I mean, it was a reaction. And we, so for the first week it was really quite difficult before reality then set in and we thought, crumbs, we've lost everything we've worked for for the last, ever since we met, mm. yeah, had just gone. And it had gone so quickly um, and, and we had to watch it go, mm. you know. And then we started all the processes of what do we do now and we talked to the farmer Robert about rebuilding it. We talked to everybody about what to do next, and of course, for a while you you just in this sort of vacuum. You don't you don't know what to do. The kids started to develop their own careers, mm. so they quickly found alternative jobs, if you like. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that left Chill and I saying, "Well, what do we do now?" And it sounds like great when you can have a few months' holiday, but. Yeah. 
then. That's when when all you want to do is do what you've been doing Getting well. Get to where you've been as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I suppose for a few weeks it was all right, then a month, and then we thought, well, hang on, we can't just not do anything. So we start to explore all the options. We put in a container, because we, we live here, we live in Trimley, five minutes from where we are now. And um, um, we explored the idea of a container in the car park. We bounced it off people there. We sponsored a, a football club locally, Stow Up and Falcons, one of the young kids, young, young, young yeah. teams, and that was what we were about, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. part of that. Yeah, yeah. And they were immense, and they were absolutely immense, and they raised some cash for us, so we were just giving pages, because we had no income, and we had zero income. Yeah. It had all just gone, and we'd lost all our stock, and we'd lost all our fixed and fittings, we'd yeah. lost our investment, we'd lost everything really. Yeah. Um, and we, we were just strong with each other and we, we sort of worked through it, I suppose, yeah. and we didn't do anything. Just we went for long walks, you know, took the dogs out, mm. did things we'd never been able to do because yeah. we didn't have time. Yeah. Um, tried to support each other, explored lots of avenues. Um, we were really worried. We had 19 staff and I think that was probably our first concern was mm. crumbs. They don't have any money either. It's yeah. not about us. Yeah. We we've got some savings. We can survive, you know. Yeah, yeah. But could they? Because they relied on us. So we, I mean, most we we obviously told them what, what had happened, where we were. Yeah. It's going to be eighteen months to rebuild at the minimum. So look, we'll support you getting whatever employment you can. We know you have tea rooms, cafes, yeah. restaurants, places like that, which is your skills. And I think virtually all of them got alternative employment. One or two didn't want to because they chose to do different things. Yeah. That's fine. Um, but we managed to find places for all of them. That's so amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. quite a lot. <laughs> but that was a weight off our mind. Can you imagine the weight off your mind when yeah. you've you've sort of well, we looked after others. Mm-hmm. We're strong anyway. We'll get through it. But but can we get them through it as well? Yeah, um, yeah, and I think that, that speaks volumes as you do as people, and I think that's mm-hmm. just incredible. And I think um, you've got a very amazing, like, like, you get knocked down seven times, you get back up eight, and yeah. that's the way you look at life. And your positive attitude is why you've got back here, because a lot of people would have given up at that point. Mm. And, and, mm. and I think it's incredible and what you've done with this, this place is amazing as well and for you to go through Covid and all that and then we're sat in here now I, I for one am very proud of you as a person <laughs> well we're proud as well yeah. I and mean, we're proud of what we've achieved this story is quite an interesting one as well because obviously that happened took us I think it was early April before we started to say well hang on we we can't put a container. Containers were a ridiculous price because we were in that early rounds of inflation as well. Yeah, yeah. And and also there was a lot more to it because you then had to find water and power and things like that. So it was going to be a very expensive rebuild very quickly. So we started looking around elsewhere, and Felixstead became the obvious because we were here. Yeah. So we we literally Jill and I went round the streets here looking to see if there were anywhere shut. And this place was closed down and had been throughout COVID. I, mean, I think they'd suffered from the COVID bit. Mm. You know, the trouble was that nobody around here knew who owned it, yeah. who owned the building. Um, it was quite a feat. 
But this is where determination comes in. We just literally found it, saw it, said we'd love to have a place like that. That'd be amazing. A lot smaller. There's a theme here, isn't there? You go with your you go <laughs> Good with your instinct. gut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you, that's, you're not scared to take a risk either, are you? Do you, you can't that, be. do you think that's you can't um, be. plays a, that's obviously played a massive role in your success because yeah. you you've got the bollocks, sorry, to take a risk. But we're both brave. Yeah, Individually, yeah. we're brave. Together, collectively, we yeah. are immensely brave. And yeah. I think we egg each other on a little bit as well. Yeah. You know? um, um, to be you successful know. in anything in life, you've got to be willing to take risks. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, and this was a risk because we didn't know the market. We went through town and saw all the various eateries, you know, cause whether they're called cafes, fish and chip shops, mm-hmm. restaurants, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And we, in fact, our best friends also live in Trimley, and um, they said, you must be joking. When we said we'd probably try and open up here, they went, no, mm. no, it, you've got no chance. You know, knowing what you've done before, even you have got no chance of doing mm. anything here. And, uh, and I suppose that made us more determined. Yeah. Because if someone says you can't do it, you yeah, might as well have a go. Yeah, I know about that. <laughs> yeah, I know all about that, mate, definitely. Yeah, yeah but no, it's an, it's an incredible story, mm-hmm. isn't it? We yeah, tracked yeah. down the landlord. Um, yeah. We, we asked everybody and nobody knew. And we tracked them down through the land registry. Um, that's how we actually found them in the end. Mm-hmm. And I think they were as surprised as we were when we got on the phone to them. Um, but they were so supportive right yeah. from the word go because they had three years of nobody being here so they wanted somebody to come in and, and, and develop it yeah. um, and that's what happened I mean and we, we then told all our friends customers their previous yeah. customers what was going on and uh, I mean once we got the keys from the landlord and we hadn't even signed the lease at that stage so maybe I shouldn't say that but we had <laughs> but the keys just suddenly appeared yeah. Good have a look yeah. we came in and it was obviously run down and th- you don't leave the place three years and three and a half years and not be run down mm. so we came in and Jill in particular was determined she was more determined than I was I think I was like I think we can probably make a go of it but I didn't have a plan I didn't have a vision even mm. at that stage whereas Jill had a vision and she knew what we could do here yeah. I think at the time we hadn't realised it was a Bonnet coffee shop, but we both knew of the Bonnet coffee shop going way back, but we hadn't realised it was this building, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and our synergy with that type of thing, um, you know, is important really, because that's what's helped us develop it. Yeah. And um, anyway, so a lot of friends came around and said, I've got a paintbrush, I've got this, mm. I've I've got some joinery skills. Mm-hmm. I can take things off the wall. <laughs> so there's a lot of people destroying things in here very quickly. Uh, rebuilding it. I mean, we've had some... So we've had a lot of help from wherever you've been. But yeah, that's yeah. because as well, I generally, and we spoke about the podcast before, you, you, you draw in what you give out, I think, and you clearly help other people. Yeah. Your business burned to the ground and you were concerned about your, your employees' jobs. Yeah. And yeah. that says what you're like as a person. That's probably why so many people are willing to, to help you as well because you because you help so many others as well so what goes around definitely comes around i think that's i think that's right and and things like doing a project like this you know make that even more apparent yeah you know one guy just turned up he said i've got two and a half hours in fear he lived in stone market yeah he's driven here i've got two and a half hours to give you what do you want me to do yeah what do you say thank you yeah 
Like, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Get a paintbrush, do yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's amazing. But though, people were immense. I mean, they yeah. really were. And that meant, when we signed the lease on the 1st of September, we set ourselves a target very quickly of opening within three weeks, which we failed. And we don't mind saying we failed. It yeah. was too much of a challenge. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we had scaffolding outside and, and, and people were walking past going, oh, somebody's actually doing something with a shot. You may well have been one of them. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I don't, or Jake, I don't yeah. know, but... People were stopping, saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? And we just told everybody what we were doing, really. And, and then they all sort of, a lot, not all, but a lot of them related to what they'd remembered about seeing in the press, things like yeah. that. So we got a lot of support before we opened, yeah. you know. Um, and the opening was very much a soft opening, I mean, because we'd done all this inside and we were still, the bench you sat on wasn't ready. You know, it just wasn't ready. The night before we opened, and we did the 20, it was actually the 29th, the Thursday, the 29th, so it was literally eight months after the flight. Um, the night before, the Wednesday night, we had nothing in the kitchen, nothing. And then Jill's brother turned up with some, because he's in the industry, turned up with some, um, like worktops work and tables, stainless steel trolleys. And, mm. and we had things coming, but they hadn't arrived, mm. yeah? Um, and then it all arrived. So about half past six on Wednesday night, there was nothing in there. By midnight, we were all, there was about a dozen of us in here, something like that, and we cleaned everything, made it spotless, put it all in position, mm-hmm. and then Jill and I left, and five o'clock in the morning, we were back baking. I mean, literally five hours later, we were baking, because we do all our own baking here. Mm-hmm. We don't buy anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is us two doing it, really, um, plus staff as well. But we're always in every morning baking, and by five o'clock we were in. By ten o'clock we opened the doors, and somebody came in at one minute past ten. It was like, oh, we're open. Oh yeah, we are. Yeah. Um, and honestly, the support. The interesting thing, and, and I think I've said this before, that the interesting thing was we didn't just have people from Stow Upland who've been with us before, people from Sprout and Hall Claydon or wherever. We didn't just have their support. The, the Felixstowe yeah. people and the and, and the town itself, mm-hmm. the Chamber of Commerce. I mean, that's how we met, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And 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 everyone seemed to want to just support us and do so, you know, push us on. Yeah. Um, I've got to mention it, haven't I? Because we're waiting for the signs, and I'd rather yeah. hope that they're here. But somebody, one of our customers, said to us very early on that whatever you two do, the comeback will be even stronger than the setback. Yeah. And do you know what? That rung, and it wasn't us who came up with it. Somebody else came and said that to us. And that's become our mantra. That's what we said that day. I said things don't happen to you, they happen for you. You just see it at the time, do you? But I do generally believe in fate, and and you've ended up in a good place, and I'm I'm glad. We're happy. To go through what you have is, you know, we'll shout on anyone, and that's very tragic. yeah, it's just a horrible, horrible thing to go through. But to, to get to where you are now and to establish this, and that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a great story, really. It's, um, We're busy every day. And it's got yeah, such a great funny. buzz to it, this place. When I come in for yeah, the yeah, coffee the yeah. other day, you have a banter with your customers. And yeah. Did you know them customers from before? Some. Yeah, some of them. Some, yeah. but some we've never met. Yeah. What's interesting now is we've got regulars here who yeah. are regulars in Felixstowe. Yeah. We didn't know them before we opened. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they're now coming in every day. 
yeah. and we begin to get to know their so names, they know us. It's like you've like known them for years, but I suppose sometimes. that's why you're good at what you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of them we have known for yeah, years, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and some of them, and it's incredible. We've put two people in there the other day. They'd followed us from Claydon to Sporton yeah. to Stowupland and yeah. now to here. Again, that speaks volumes yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Yeah. And the menu's the same. Yeah. <laughs> no, we have developed it. People are listening to this have got to come try it out. Yeah. The food, the atmosphere, everything's brilliant. And just to come and show you support because you've been been through not look, not that you need it by the sounds of it. Everyone needs support. Yeah, yeah but and come you, down and, so, yeah. and show you some support because you've been through a lot and, you, and you've come out on top and, and yeah. that is a f- fantastic that's one of my favourite ones we've done so far yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. thank you so much for coming on you're very welcome really appreciate it. you're yeah. very welcome and yeah. coffee's free yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have another one <laughs> 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 just turn the machine off yeah. <laughs>